Welcome, Impactful Parents. It's time for the Impactful Parenting Podcast, where I give you parenting tips and resources to make you a more impactful parent to your school-aged child. I am your host, Christina Campos. Welcome, Impactful Parents. Today, we're going to talk about social media and our teenagers. Hello, my name is Christina Campos. I'm founder of The Impactful Parent, and I help parents of school-aged children turn their chaos into connection with their adolescent. I offer parent education videos every week, online courses, and coaching. And if that wasn't enough, I bring experts in on other fields onto The Impactful Parent stage to teach you even more more. And today I have a special guest. His name is Richard Capriola. And Richard has been a mental health and substance abuse counselor for over two decades. He has treated both teens and adults diagnosed with mental health and substance use disorders. And he's also the author of this amazing book called The Addicted Child, A Parent's Guide to Adolescent Substance Abuse. I'm really excited to have him on today to talk about social media and our teenagers. So thank you for being here, Richard. Thank you, Christina. It's a pleasure to visit with you again. Thank you so much for offering me this opportunity to talk about social media and teens. Um, I really appreciate your helping me reach out to parents about this topic. Yeah, because I usually have you on here to talk about the substance abuse things, which if you haven't seen those videos, you need to go back and check out those episodes here on The Impactful Parent because there's so many rich uh, things that Richard has said and has taught us here on this platform. But today, really, I want to talk about social media. It's something that's coming up all the time with our parents. Oh, my goodness. And now, uh, just more than ever, I feel like it's the biggest battle that households are seeing. Yeah, it, it is a battle. Uh, you know, parents are constantly, you know, bombarded with, you know, social media sites, their kids being interested in social media, more and more teenagers are getting online with these social media apps and, and posting material or looking at material. It's a big issue for parents. It really is. So I want to start off with how many teens are actually using social media because I know parents are hearing all the time, well, they have it and they have it. Why can't I? <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, that's that's a common statement by uh, by teenagers. You know, their friends are on social media. You know, what's wrong with it? Why can't they be on social media? And there are millions of teenagers uh, that are using social media apps uh, worldwide, probably over 600. 600 million on on using one or more of the apps. Um, The most popular apps being used by teenagers today are Instagram, which is owned by Facebook. It's being used by well over 20 million teenagers. Uh, Facebook, not so much. Facebook, maybe 5 million teens. Facebook uh, appears to be more towards adults than teenagers. Teenagers really don't spend a lot of time on Facebook. There's not a lot of teenagers using Facebook. But the one that is very popular among teenagers is TikTok. It's most po- it's more popular than Instagram. Um, and, and kids are attracted to it because uh, of the different types of, of things that you can put on it. It's very short. It's video. Um, some of some of the uh, things that are posted can be humorous. They can be funny. Uh, kids can express themselves. Uh, very short videos. Uh, but in but TikTok is is 
is one of the applications that is attracted uh, to these teenagers? The other question I get so often is what age should parents consider allowing their child to use social media apps? And I have this question for you too, because um, I have two sets of kids because I have four. For those of you who don't know, I got teenagers um, that I've already acclimated into their social media and apps, but they're now graduated from high school and in college. And then I got this younger generation of kids uh, where one of them is nine and 11 at the time of this recording. And with my younger kids, I'm still using um, Gab Wireless, which is, um, it, it's a phone or an app. There's no apps that can be on the phone. So we're not exposed to the social media apps quite yet. Having mm -hmm. said that, uh, like any other parent, my kids are knocking on the door. Like, <laughs> when can I get on? And so I would love your professional opinion on what age should parents consider allowing their child to cross over into that social media? Well, social media uh, experts, uh, you know, uh, social apps, uh, experts, cyber, cyber professionals, cyber experts tend to recommend that um, that the, the minimum age, the minimum age should be 13 uh, for, for things like Facebook and TikTok. For Snapchat, which can be a little bit more risky, uh, they tend to recommend age 16. But what I say to parents is, you know your child better than anyone. You know how responsible or irresponsible they are. You know how well they follow direction and, and, and restrictions. You know how mature or immature they are. And you have to factor all of those into your decision as a parent on whether or not you think your child is mature and ready. For some kids, they may very well be, you know, ready to handle it at age 13 or 14. Other kids may take a little bit longer, but, but parents, you know your kids. You know how responsible or irresponsible they are. You know how well they follow instructions and rules and guidelines. So you have to factor all of that into make, to making a decision. These are just guidelines. Every child is different. Every child is, you know, every situation is, is unique. So parents sort of, you know, use your own judgment on your experience in dealing with your kid to set that age. Yes, and I would agree with that as a parenting coach, because I know some super mature, like 11, 10, even, you know, year olds, and then I know some very immature 16 year olds. And so, <laughs> you know, it really comes down to knowing your child and what are they ready for? Yeah, and how responsible they've been and how well they adhere to your other rules that you've set down. If you've got a child that's constantly uh, disregarding and disrespecting your rules, they're probably going to be the same with an app. On the other hand, if you have a child that's uh, very, very much uh, obedient, who listens to your household rules, who pretty much follows your rules, then I think you might feel a little bit more comfortable letting them on, on the app because they have demonstrated to you that they can be responsible. And I hear that Facebook conducted some research on teen social media use. Yeah. Do you have information about that? What did they find? Yes, uh, it did an internal research project that became that became public. Um, and, and, and some of the things that, that they noticed was that um, these teenagers, interestingly enough, know that these apps are addictive. They have addictive characteristics to them. They admit that they have a desire 
to actually spend less time on the apps, but then they say that they just don't have enough self-control to change their scrolling behavior. So that's pretty much classic addictive behavior. But it's interesting that the kids were saying that they, they really would like to spend less time, but they don't think they have enough self-control to be able to do it. Um, some of the other findings from this study was that around 60% of girls and 40% of boys say that they've had and they've experienced negative social comparison. In other words, they're comparing themselves to other kids and they're walking away with a negative impression. About 30 some percent, 35, 37% of girls say that they feel pressured to look perfect in their posts. They feel pressured to look perfect because they're comparing themselves to the images that they see and they don't feel that they measure up. About a third of the girls say that the content, a third of the girls say that the content that they see makes them feel worse about themselves. Again, comparing themselves to other images, other girls that are posting pictures uh, on these social media. Half of the users report feeling unattractive, who report feeling unattracted said that the feeling began on Instagram. And about 14% of boys said that Instagram made them feel worse about themselves. So for teens who might be struggling with some type of mental health issue, social media can actually make these negative feelings worse. But, but I thought it was interesting that kids were saying, particularly girls, were reporting that the images that they're seeing on these social applications make them feel worse about themselves. And I think that's because they're comparing themselves to these images, and they don't realize that many of the images that they see of other girls have been, you know, photoshopped, have been created to make the other girls look more attractive than what they might be. And then these girls are comparing themselves to it and, and having negative, never get negative feelings about what they're seeing. Yeah, that's very, very sad. And yeah. I'm feeling like there's a lot of teenagers out there who they know this, and yet they still choose to partake in the social media world. And yeah. I don't know what, you know, how do you combat that? Well, I think you combat it by, uh, you know, talking to your talking to your kids about, you know, the realities of social media. Um, I think that, you know, Mayo Clinic, for example, uh, put out some recommendations for parents that I thought was really very good. And one of the recommendations was to set reasonable limits. In other words, talk with your child about how to avoid social me media interfering with other activities like sleep, like meals, family time together, homework, and encourage them to, uh, to have a, a bedtime and a sleep routine. Um, not allow them to have cell phones and tablets in their bedrooms where they might have access to it until 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3 in the morning. Um, so set some reasonable limits as to, you know, your child's use of, of these apps so that they're not interfering with other social activities. The other recommendation was monitor your teen's accounts. Let them know that you will regularly check on those accounts and then make sure that you follow through. 
And if your child sets up a private account, a private room, which they can do on some of these, uh, like for example, TikTok, they can create a room that's private and, and, and they decide who gets into that room and who doesn't. If you don't have approval to get into the room, you can't get into the room and see what's going on. So it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, a teenager might want to have a room where they have their, their friends from school and from the neighborhood and they all get together and they talk and, and do crazy things and silly things. And that's, that's not bad. But you need to let your child know that if they have a private room, you need to have access to it. They cannot have a private room without you having access to it. And it's not that you're going to go in and snoop around and check on it. Uh, you will check on it every once in a while, but you need to have access to any of these applications that your child is using. And if they set up a private room, you need to have access to that as well. And then, you know, before your child even gets on these social applications, have a discussion with them about what's not okay. It, it's not okay to engage in, in gossiping. It's not okay to spread rumors. It's not okay to, uh, to, to be engaged in any type of bullying or participate in any bullying or anything that damages someone's reputation. Talk about what's appropriate and what's safe on social media. And then encourage face-to-face -face contact with your friends. Don't, don't limit to, to just social media. Encourage your teenagers to still socially interact with their friends and with their peers. And then talk about the habits. Talk about the habits. You know, before your child even gets on social media, ask them, how are you going to use this, this social app? Uh, what are you going to do with it? Remind them that some of the things that they see are not real. Social media is full of unrealistic images, which can sometimes have a negative effect on boys and girls. So remind them that social media is full of unrealistic images. And then, you know, do you know what the app's going to be used for? You know, ask your child, how do you plan to use it? What sort of things do you plan to post? These are discussions you should have before your child actually starts using the app. And then while they're using it from time to time, just check in with them to see how things are going. Have you seen anything that's unusual? Have you seen anything that concerns you? Have you heard anything that concerns you? These don't need to be like lengthy, long discussions, but just do a check-in with your child from time to time to see how things are going on social media with them. The check-ins are so important. I feel all too often parents are handing over the phone and then that's it. It's like hands off and yeah. the check-ins will provide not only like make let you be able to rest and sleep at night knowing that you know what's going on, but it also tells your kid whether they like it or not you care, you care what's yeah. going on and you care if it's affecting them. Um, they may not like that sometimes, but you're showing them you care, which exactly. You know. Exactly. You're showing them that you are, that you care, that you're interested in what's going on, that you're interested in how they're doing and what they're looking at. It's important that kids know that. And the other thing is, you know, be mindful, be aware of your own social app activities. You know, if kids see us on our cell phones scrolling through apps 
you know, constantly, hour after hour, they, they sort of model that behavior. And then, you know, if we're tied to our cell phones and, and we're using them all the time, you know, kids sort of figure, well, that's okay. I, you know, mom and dad are doing that. There's no, you know, now they're telling me I shouldn't do it when they're doing it. So be, be a little mindful of the time that you spend on social apps, whether it's, you know, scrolling the internet, looking at the news on a, on some type of app um, or, or, or emails or text messages, uh, because we can all get caught up in that. I know that I do from time to time. And when we get on these apps or we get busy with text messages and emails, we sort of get absorbed in it. And bef before we even notice, uh, you know, we, we've spent, you know, large amounts of time on it. it we all are subject to getting captured by that. It's a really good point because uh, those kids, they may not act like they're looking and watching, but they certainly are. So are. yes, they are. <laughs> There's one more um, term that I wanted to ask you about that I've heard around and it's TikTok Tourette's. What yeah. is that? TikTok Tourette's is actually uh, something that was experienced during the pandemic year when kids were uh, pretty much isolated at home. Um, it's behaviors that some teenagers picked up that mimic the behaviors of uh, a child who has been diagnosed with Tourette's syndrome. They don't have Tourette's, but they're mimicking some of the, the behaviors, the outbursts, the, the movements, the erratic movements and things like that. And, um, and, and when parents took their child because they were concerned about this behavior into physicians, um, they were not diagnosed with Tourette's syndrome. Um, it was pretty much diagnosed as these kids seeing these behaviors on social media apps and mimicking the behaviors that they saw. So they were seeing kids on social apps mimicking the behaviors that a person diagnosed with, tick, with, with Tourette's syndrome would have. And then other kids were seeing that mimicking behavior and then copying it themselves. It's pretty fascinating that that's how influential social media is, that they're just mimicking what they see. And, and kids are very impressionable. Teenagers are very impressionable, you know, and, and, and very subject to mimicking and copying things that they think are humorous or funny. They don't seem to be able to filter through that some of these mimicking behaviors can actually be very, very harmful to other kids. It can be very hurtful to other kids. Um, so they don't have, uh, they don't have the ability some time to filter through these behaviors, they just instantly react to them. And unfortunately, some of the some of the behaviors out there, um, you know, can can be rather cruel. And another thing I would say to parents is, get a TikTok account, you know, get an Instagram account, um, join up so that you can explore before your child ever gets into it, you know, sign up, get an account, scroll through it, become familiar with it, see what's out there so that you are familiar with TikTok or you're familiar with Instagram or Snapchat or, or any of them, you know, get an account, get on the, get on the application, see what it's about, learn what it's about, experience it for yourself. And I think you'll have a little bit better understanding of, of, of what these kids are being exposed to. Another great piece of advice. 
And another great episode with you, Richard. I am so appreciative. If people want more from you, how can they get a hold of you? Well, as you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, I, I published this book. I wrote and published the book, The Addicted Child, A Parent's Guide to Adolescent Substance Abuse. And as you noted, if any parents are listening to our conversation on social media, uh, scroll back through and, and listen to the conversation that we had on adolescent substance abuse. Uh, hopefully you'll learn uh, some very valuable information about teenagers' use of, of substances like alcohol and drugs. I talk a lot about what's in my book and some of the issues that addressed. Probably the most important thing that comes out of my book is the warning signs so that parents can learn the warning signs. So many parents get caught off guard and they find that their child's using a substance. And when I talked to them, they said, they said, I had no idea this was going on. Or if they did suspect their child was using a substance, they, they said, well, I knew something was going on, but I didn't think, think it was this bad. And these are good parents. Uh, they, they missed the warning signs because nobody told them what to look for. So if for no other reason, you know, take a look at my book, which lists the warning signs and hopefully you'll feel a little bit more uh, knowledge about what to look for. You can find information on the book's website, which is www.helptheaddictedchild.com, helptheaddictedchild.com. And that'll give you uh, information on the book, endorsements, reviews, a sample chapter. And if you would like to purchase a copy of the book, which is available as a Kindle or a paperback, uh, there's a link that'll take you to Amazon where you can do that. But but please go back to, in, into, the, into the system and listen into the conversation that we had about adolescent substance abuse. I think you'll find, I hope you'll find that it's very informative and helpful. I absolutely agree. It was a really good episode. And every time you're on the show, it's always full of really great tips that every parent needs to know, especially for preventative measures. Like you might not have a child that's a full on teenager yet that you're super worried about with substance abuse or with social media apps, but you need to know this information before you get there. And then you're going to alleviate so many problems. So check out those episodes because uh, Richard really does a good job of breaking things down for us here on the Impactful Parent. So thank you for being here, Richard. Thank you so much for inviting me and for participating in the discussion, which I hope everybody who listens to us uh, feels was valuable and they learned some things. So thank you help for helping me reach out to, to parents about this very important topic. And if you would like to become a more impactful parent, download the Impactful Parent app. The Impactful Parent app is free and full of episodes, just like this one that's going to help you in your parenting journey. Carry help, tips, and parenting resources right in your pocket so that you can refer to them whenever you need it most. Plus, when you download the Impactful Parent app, you are joining a community of like-minded parents that also want to be the best parent they can for their child. So download the free app and discover the new techniques to make you a more impactful parent, to be more effective, to catch those warning signs so you can stop things before they happen, and then get those parenting resources that are going to make your life easier. All of this and so much more can literally be in your pocket. So download the app today. You got nothing to lose. It's free. So go to theimpactfulparent.com and discover how you can step up your parenting game and be a more impactful parent. But until next time, you got this. I'm just here to help. Thank you for listening today. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget, the Impactful Parenting Podcast is an extension of the Impactful Parent community. 
Go to the Impactful Parent website and download the free Impactful Parent app so you don't miss a parenting tip that can help you and your family. Thanks for listening today. So go to theimpactfulparent.com and see you next episode.